mm. but the support you'd get from them. But you're on the same level and you ask yourself, what is it you're doing wrong? You know, my brother, today, I'm broadcasting this evening from Bloemfontein. Um, yes. And I drove here this morning. And I drove past one of their operations, Senec, I think just outside Grunstadt. Yeah. Uh, and you see many other businesses um, you would know, you'd be very familiar with. Uh, some of them used to be former cooperatives, Africana cooperatives. Um, and there's this seeming sense, uh, and you could hear it in the discussion we had with that gentleman earlier on, that they want to do just what the law requires and no further. You know? So it's about saying, yeah, we got a, a certain labor person in, we got a certain type of person in, and that's what the law requires of us. And as long as we've, what did he say? You know, crossed our T's and dotted our I's. Yeah. That's it. They just do the bare minimum. And that's part of the problem. Who said a drop in the ocean could never have described it better. They are just doing just enough. It is far from the change. Go look at them. There's so many companies. And the agriculture revolves around these companies. And if they are not transformed, then this bigger picture that we want and the land we want to do, I, but I, well, I've got land myself, which is procured, you know, from not from any government funding, from anything. It's difficult to grow. We've been farming mm. over 15 years, but it's so difficult mm. in this space. We try. There's nothing that we don't do right. I put no, I said the minister no, needs to no, come no, in. I I'm an agricultural economist. Yeah, I've yeah. got management, a deployment, mm. agriculture. I've got the practical, but there is just I've got mates of mine who are all in all these companies because they don't have money to further study, and they're standing. They're going in to train other people who are going to be employed above them. Quite frankly, I've never been fun enough. in the free state. I know these companies. Yeah, I think we're gonna have to we're gonna have to give uh, a bit more time to this conversation. Dagwetu, please sh leave your details there with uh, our producers because I think we need a much bigger dialogue around this particular issue. Yeah, I we mean, need like a roundtable discussion. We need a yeah yeah we need a proper roundtable with the policymakers, the minister in there, some of the big companies, Osenic, Abo, OVK, Bonke, BKP, Budi. Yeah, we're gonna make sure that we follow up with you please leave your details there with uh, our producers um and you can hear how intense and how emotive this issue is and it's not only emotive insofar as it's just the agricultural sector or it's just in relation to the issue of the land. But it's a primordial need. These are the people who feed us, whether we like it or not. And I think this task of making sure that some of them transform is so integrally linked to the success of our land reform program and our agrarian transformation. Uh, and it's something that clearly we need to dedicate significant amount of attention to. Um, so yeah, thank you so much. Um, uh, to that colleague who just gave us a call there but uh, certainly please share your your details there with our producers and uh, we will certainly be in touch i think it's wasteful to have a young african man like that who's saying he's a stud breeder himself he's an agricultural economist but waste 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 but uh, yeah let's uh, shift our attention to another sector which uh, certainly i guess is emotive and gets people riled up as well um, in maybe equal or even greater measure, that's the steel and the engineering sector, uh, where it does seem industrial relations are also, yeah, coming to a head here. 
the NUMSA yesterday calling for a mother of all strikes across all of the sectors that they organize in and bringing there are over a quarter of a million uh, employees uh, out on the streets in solidarity actions in support of uh, some of the workers in the steel and engineering sector. Pagamila Machola speaks on behalf of NUMSA and is my guest. Comrade Pagamila, good evening and welcome. Good, after, good evening and good evening to your listeners and thank you so much for having me. Let's maybe start, give us some, some of the context here, uh, because I want us to talk about the strike, but uh, I also, I guess I'm interested in the, um, yeah, um, scrap metal export tax as well, and some of your thoughts as a trade union on that as well. But Maskesh Kaleng Ali, around the uh, wage negotiations in the steel and engineering sector, what has led to this impasse? Well, it's really um, where we find ourselves, and I think the socioeconomic conditions are, are, are really important. Um, your your listeners must understand, for example, that our members have last year when we were supposed to be renegotiating a new agreement, um, we signed what we de- decided or what was called a standstill agreement. And the purpose of this agreement was to, in order to save the industry and because of COVID and because there were still so many unknown factors at that time, we decided that there would be no increase, but we would just retain the conditions for a year and then we would negotiate like we're negotiating this year and um, what has basically led us to the point where we find ourselves at a deadlock is because the proposal by CISA or by employers does not at all um, come close to addressing some of the core demands that our members have and we feel that we have done everything in our power to to try and move and negotiate and find different permutations, etc. But we don't see the same on their end. And, you know, so, so effectively this is where we find ourselves, where we are now deadlocked. And unless we can find one another, we will be headed for a strike action in the engineering sector. What are some of the positions on either side um, that uh, you've deadlocked around? So the final position which CISTA proposed uh, on the 12th of July was a three-year proposal, the first year being 4.4% for the first year based on minimum and not on the actual rates of pay. And then they Mm -hmm. offer CPI plus 0.5% for the second year and CPI plus 1% for the third year. Um, Our proposal is 8% across the board for the first year based on actual actual rate of pay and then cpi plus two percent improvement factor for the following two years so in other words if if it's if cpi plus two percent falls below six percent then employers Mm. must offer six percent so that's where we are um and where the key issues are that have actually caused us to deadlock is number one on the issue of the special dispensation which sister wants to, 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 you know, as part of the package. And number two, on the fact that they want to make in- increases on the minimum rates of pay as opposed to the actual rates of pay. Um, if I can just quickly explain the issue of the special dispensation. It's basically sure, sure. Um, a dispensation which is which CIFA has proposed to accommodate those employers who've not been adhering to the minimum rate in engineering. So currently the minimum rate per hour in engineering is 49 rand, but there are some employers who are paying 29 rand or less. And they did so because they got excited when 
the ANC government imposed the national minimum wage and then decided to down vary and, and start, you know, and reduce their rates. Um, and so those employers, um, CISA is saying that we should give them 15 years to catch up to an, an agreed sort of um, uh, a rate. How and, many years? Uh, yeah, 15 years. And um, that they should be allowed to start at a minimum of 29 rand. Paramila, Paramila, you're going to have to explain something to me here. What is the... I mean, so these are parties to the bargaining outcomes in this chamber, right? Yes. Yet they are paying people at levels that would require 15 years to transition to the lowest wage, collectively bargained wage in the sector. Kandi, how much are, are people earning? They would need 15 years, yes. Kandi, how much are some of these workers earning at the moment? Well, some of them um, are, un- are earning 21 rand. Um, you see, part of the problem that we have with CISA's proposal is, number one, this demand of 15 years, and number two, that they, they're making it without any data, without anything to support their assertion. So they want us to blindly and, 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 and just agree to the fact that employers will be allowed to reduce the rate without even justifying with data. And this is where we have a problem, because as you know, Aya, um, when it comes to talks where employers cannot afford, there are mechanisms in terms of exemptions for them mm. to apply and say, we cannot afford the rate, therefore, and they can do that to the MEIBC and say, therefore, please allow us to pay what we can afford. And this is what we've argued. We've said, we, whilst we understand, and I mean, you know, CISA made a very detailed presentation about the economic situation of the country, which, of course, we understand firsthand. Um, but at the, and we don't want to leave companies out of the process, especially companies that are willing to pay. But mm, we, mm. we cannot do so blindly. It must be with um, companies must be able to or must be willing to open up their books. And if that's not going to be an acceptable condition, sure. then why would we agree to that? Because effectively what you're doing, if we were to allow such a dispensation according to what CIFSA is demanding, it would mean that those employers who are paying as they should, the 49 rand, will then retrench mm. workers at that rate in order to then pay a lower rate. We'll I mean, which that. employer is mm. going to pay more when the industry allows them to pay less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, I guess the, the other question in this particular sector is, you know, this is a sector probably relative to other more vulnerable sectors, has a ha- much higher union density, much higher, you know, coverage of bargaining outcomes of some of the workers in the space. Um, so it's quite unsettling, I mean, to hear what you're suggesting. But the other thing I'm quite interested in before we get to, you know, the mooted strike, these are also the same employers you sit on the other side of in the steel master plan process. Um, and I'm quite interested, I guess, in sort of some of your thoughts around the issues that have been raised around scrap metal, the competitiveness of downstream industry, because in a way those are linked, I guess, to the future survival of the same firms that you are mm. in this bargaining uh, uh, discussion with at the moment. Well, I think, um, you know, for, for us, um, it is always important for us to get involved in these discussions because we care very much, actually, about the uh, health of the sector, um, especially because of the fact that it has a direct impact on on our survival, on our members, you know. And um, but at the same time, I also feel we also feel very strongly that um, 
in order for us to support the sector, the sector must also be willing to to meet us halfway. Um, if you look at, for example, where we are in these talks, um, it is unfair that employers don't want to acknowledge through their actions in terms of you know trying to meet us halfway in the demands that workers made fundamentally massive sacrifices last year. For workers to say we agree not to an increase for the sake of the sector, because we don't know what COVID will do to the sector, because we want to save small, medium, and large, uh, but particularly small and medium-sized companies and retain as many jobs as possible. It's something that we feel employers need to take to heart and to take very seriously. And, And it does not show in the engagements in their inability to compromise on core issues. Mm, We should not mm. be expected with all of what we've done for the sector, and especially if you look at, for example, our history of NUMSA, the interventions and the the lengths with which we have gone to in the past to engage the the department around um, intervening on steel prices, making sure that um, manufacturing is supported in South Africa, that local industries are supported, that there's intervention in, in, the, in the dumping of steel. I mean, you know, it's unfair that the employers treat us as if we are, um, we are asking too much of them when we go beyond what unions should actually be expected to do. Um, hmm. We went out of our way. Members made ultimate sacrifices last year. This year, we're asking for the employers to make some sacrifices. And we don't think, if you consider the socioeconomic circumstances facing us in this country, that it's a lot to ask. Given the, mm. the violent unrest that we have just experienced, you would think that employers would be considering the very, very dire socioeconomic impact that ordinary workers and their families are finding themselves mm. in. Yeah. And that yeah. is the kind Paramile- of attitude that we need. Sure. Paramila, maybe just the last one. Um, if the likely event that you don't find one another, um, and I say likely because I guess it's one of the potential permutations in this situation, that you don't find one another with the employer. You, you have flagged that you um, are going to have what is the mother of all strikes here, mobilizing some of the other workers that are your members um, in incidental sectors, so the auto sector, downstream fabrication and others, um, and of course, in sectors that are unrelated, maybe um, you know, some mining is related to this iron ore and that kind of thing, um, and bring your three hundred sixty thousand strong membership to bear on this. Um, h- how long are you giving this process before you explore that possibility? We're going to give it as long as we can, because for us, a strike is the last resort. We really would like to engage each other and find one another. There is still time, and we've been saying this even from the time that we declared deadlock, um, there's time. And we would like the employers to engage with us meaningfully in a way that will allow us on both ends to meet our objectives in a fair manner. So we are open to negotiations, we are open mm-hmm. to bilaterals, and we are, in fact, in, will be engaging in bilaterals with those employers that want to talk to us. Paramil, and Kose Kamarada. Thank you so much. 9pm is the time and that's where we're going to have to leave it uh, this evening. And uh, yeah, back with you again. Same time, same place. Big thank you 
to Uchola, not yours. And if you don't know who those are, Kumakave and Ditumeleng Sabala for putting together this great production. And they're going to leave you with the man with the music. He's with you from 9 right through to midnight. Have yourself a great evening. Take strength, my Africa. Nangoku, Sisai Banga, Le Economy.